So there's a bunch of nonsense happening down in Houston during this APL League Amen. So we're going to start with that today. Usually when we have a guest, we, we might do a little bit of news first. That's kind of the emerging cricket tradition there. But let's just get into what everyone wants to talk about and everyone wants to hear. Amen, your phone's probably been going crazy today, too, with texts about this mess. I woke up with about like three messages about the APL and then you text me, hey, check out Peter's, I think Peter Del Pena's Twitter or X and kept looking at that. You know what? We might start with news. Usually this is the biggest news of American cricket for the week. So this, it's pretty appropriate that we're starting with this. It's a tough way to end this year. And we've got, once again, American umpire Brian Kane joining us here on the program Ryan, you're directly involved in this, or you were directly involved with this. I don't want to besmirch your name here by tying you to this league, <laughs> but every league needs umpires, and umpires need it in the USA. We've heard so many rumors about what's happening down there. We've seen things firsthand ourselves because there's been video footage leaked. What's What was your experience like? It was, it started like a pretty typical American cricket tournament for us, and that involves being invited down, but not really knowing exactly how you're going to get there or exactly who's going to be paying for you to get to your hotel or exactly who's going to be getting your lunches or taking care of you while you're there. But we umpires are pretty resourceful and we're kind of used to that. And so just like a lot of other tournaments over the years, we booked our own flights and we booked our own taxis from the airport to the hotel and we bought a couple of meals and this time, at least, we were promised that those things were going to get reimbursed. And it became pretty clear pretty quickly that this tournament was not ready for this level of cricket. They were not ready for this level of professionalism and these kinds of players. And we showed up at an unprepared stadium with an unprepared management team and as umpires, it's our job because in a lot of ways, we're some of the only people who know how the sausage is made. We sort of act as a conduit a lot of times between management and the playing and coaching teams because we see both sides of it quite often. We're administrators at the same time as we are both on field at the same time. So we walked in expecting it for to be pretty typical. And after coming off of a very successful uh, United States Premier League, that we just talked about last time I was on the show, we were really looking forward to what was going to happen at this APL. And honestly, things went down downhill pretty quickly. Yeah. And they paid you. Did they pay you up front? Your the 50 percent that they so how did that work out the payment thing? Sure. So, yeah, we'll get straight into the payment. We were promised a certain amount of money per game. It was the same amount that we were getting paid for the USPL. So it's pretty standard fee for this year. And then, yeah, we were promised that our flights and our taxis and most of our food would be taken care of, which is pretty standard breakfast in the morning, lunch at the ground, a couple of dinners out on the organizers and stuff like that. But the way we heard it was that we were going to get paid half of our money sort of at the end of the first week on Friday of the first week before the Christmas weekend. And then we'd get our second installment just before the final, which again is kind of standard. You get two installments of your flat fees, of your match fees, and then you're taking care of so that before you leave that place that you're going home whole. And for guys like me who who pay our rent based off of the money that we make at this tournament, it's it's pretty important that we get paid on time. When the first deadline came that first Friday, we I can't say we were surprised at that point, just the disorganization that had come up to that point. We then weren't surprised that it didn't come straight away on that Friday. We were then promised that it was going to come on Monday. 
It didn't come on Monday. In fact, that first installment didn't come until the 29th, which was that Thursday morning, our first installment or late Thursday night, early Friday morning. And that was pretty disappointing because it wasn't even a 50% share, which we thought was going to be the original idea. It was only about a 20% share. It was then promised that the next installment, another 20% was going to come the next morning. That didn't show up. We did some games anyway, because we want to be the ones with integrity. We don't want to be the ones that are canceling games because we're not getting paid. We really want to stick through and make sure that these tournaments are going forward as smoothly as possible, even if we have to suffer a little bit. That's a thing that American umpires are used to. And then it finally came to today when it turned out that the owner of the tournament was not going to be prepared to pay us anything today, maybe tonight and maybe before the last game, but maybe not. And so after a lot of hem and hawing and discussions amongst the umpires over the week of how we could positively affect that sort of transaction on our behalf. This morning, we we executed a work stoppage. It was as simple as that. There's not going to be any work if you're not going to pay us. We showed up at the ground. We left the hotel on time. We were there. We were prepared that if the owner was willing to show up and give us even the next 20% installment, we were ready to go out there and do our work. The owner showed up after the toss would have been spun, he pulled up in his Escalade and came over to our van because we had not gotten out of our van. We were sitting there waiting for the next thing to arrive. He walked up to the van. We told him what the situation was, which we'd also told him over the phone. He then said, oh, so you guys are trying to blackmail me, then you can leave. And that was our match referee, Danny Khan, who I've mentioned on the show before, is, like I said, the one who handles a lot of those negotiations. He went out, he tried to talk to Jay, tried to reason with him in some way, but we were very steadfast today in solidarity with each other and with other staff members at the tournament who had also not been paid up to this point or only been paid part of their fees up to that point that we were going to stick through with the work stoppage unless we could be paid. And that didn't happen. Uh, at that point, when we were steadfast about not leaving until we were going to get paid, the owner picked up the phone, called the local sheriff's department, two SUVs showed up uh, with three officers. They rolled out and told us that the situation legally for them, at least, was that because he is the person leasing the ground, that we were going to have to leave, that it was his prerogative to tell us to leave and that we were going to have to leave. We were able to speak very civilly with the deputies who allowed us to go into the umpire's room and pick up all of our personal and expensive equipment that we carry with us, including all of the equipment for all of the third umpire reviews. None of that was provided by the tournament. We had to bring that ourselves. And at that point, once we gathered all our stuff and shook hands with the production crew and the commentators and said goodbye to the friends that we'd made over the last couple of weeks, we got in our van and left. And now I'm home three days earlier than I expected to be. And my partner will be very happy about that. So be happy about that part of it, but not the fact that you're, miss you're missing what you were owed. And in the meantime, you were paying for your hotels and you were paying for all of these things yourselves, correct? Not the hotels were booked through the tournament. We were told that we had rooms under our names, which we did. We showed up. We had rooms when we got there at a 
La Quinta, about 40 minutes away from where the ground was. There were a couple of teams staying there as well. Not a very good breakfast, not really the kind of place that you'd want international athletes to be staying. In fact, several players came to the hotel and then left that hotel to go stay somewhere else because they didn't like the accommodations. And of course, now we found out later that perhaps the tournament wasn't even paying the hotel bills either. Is that the hotel where we saw the footage shared of Jamir, the owner of APL, shouting obscenities at the front desk? They were trading them, really. They were kind of like trading F-bombs with each other. I felt like I thought I heard some threats in there, like I, maybe even a I know where you live type of style threat. But that's the same hotel, that La Quinta. Yeah, that's the same hotel. I was not a personal witness to that happening. I can't say that I even know when the timestamp of that video would be. I, I could see that's the place that we were staying. And yes, it was obviously Jay who was there yelling at them. We had a scary experience um, in the hotel. Some of our umpires, the night before we, we enacted our work stoppage this morning, members of the hotel staff were knocking on people's doors last night, telling them that they had to leave because the bill hadn't been paid. And we made it clear to them that we're not the ones paying the bill, that we were invited here and that it was not up to us to pay the bill. And we didn't think it was fair that they were attempting to remove certain people from the production team and from the umpires team from the hotel. So luckily enough, we were able to stay there last night and not be kicked out by the hotel itself. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't even try and stay through until tomorrow and then come home. Instead, I just booked a flight and brought myself home because who knows what's going to happen there tonight. Whew. Yeah, uh, Brian, what was the messaging around that? Like the first, like they missed the first payment. Like, do you say anything? Was it, or is it kind of just, okay, what's the next thing? Or was there any messaging around anything, any, the payments missed? And then as it kept kind of escalating to that moment at the ground. I'll admit some ignorance here because, like I said, it's our match referee who does a lot of those internal communications with the management directly to make sure that those things are happening. And so I wasn't privy to all of those conversations right at the beginning, but we're then relayed that information from our match referee. Okay, it's going to take a few days. And the excuse first was rain. It rained. And the stadium with only a single curator and a single staff member working along with him. Whereas at the USPL, Champy, the curator at the USPL, had himself and 15 to 20 grounds crew working with him every single day. And at this tournament, every single day, we had a curator and a single other guy who was not a cricket guy. He's a paid laborer, and I hope that he was paid. There are so many other things we've been hearing and seeing, and I want to point out how valuable Peter Delapena is to the cricket infrastructure in the USA, just to the people who follow cricket in the USA. He's so valuable. He's the one that's shared a lot of these videos that obviously people are trusting him with when they send it, send them to him. And I have to point, point out how valuable Peter is. And there are people trust him with this information and he shares it and we get to see it. And they, people don't send that stuff to me very often. They send it to Peter. So this is something mm -hmm. that's we talk about, we praise him a lot, and he deserves a lot of praise. He's a vital part of the democratic aspects of cricket in the USA, us hearing about these things in the first place and understanding what's going on so that we know what the problems are because you can't fix the problems unless you know what they are. I want to really give a shout out to, to Peter for this, for sharing all these videos and for whoever's giving him these, sending these videos to him <laughs> to share with the world because 
gives a it gives us something to talk about, right? Right, Amon? But no, <laughs> it, it's this is really sad though. This is incredibly sad stuff. We we don't revel in this at all. It, it it's it's pressing. This is something that it, all three of us have 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 burned out on cricket at some point this year alone, especially this year. We've all burned out on cricket at some point. Uh, I know a lot of people have this year, a lot of good people that, that, that are doing their best for the game. And when something like this happens, it just it sinks you. It's, it, it just really sinks you. And it's winter time too. No one likes to be depressed in the winter. But this is very depressing and very sad. We don't want these things to happen. It, it makes cricket in America look bad, and we have so much promise here. So it's just really depressing, depressing. And I also want important to point out that you were just on this program talking about the premier reason that I asked you to join last time was because the umpires, the American umpires had come together and said, we're not going to do the U.S. Open because they're not paying us well enough and they don't have a good reputation for paying us what we're due in the first place. And so you had to stay out of that tournament. And then this one comes along and it's an opportunity now for you to make up for the fact that you missed that. And it, it doesn't come through either. And it's just, it's a really, as we've say so many times in cricket in the USA, there's a step forward and two steps back. And we just had, you just had the USP, USPL forward and then a US Open step back, APL step back. You, you hate it when your complaints kind of just continually turn into prophecy. It does feel that way. One step forward, two steps back is very apt in this situation. And we didn't like that we had to boycott the, U the U.S. Open, as I said on the show, because the U.S. Open has been around for a long time and has given a lot of opportunities for umpires and for players to be seen on more of a global stage. And we want to believe the owners of these tournaments and the owners of these teams when they tell us that this event is going to be a phenomenon, that they've got all these broadcast deals in these different countries and they plan on all these different people watching and they're going to have such and such of big name players that are going to be there. And I'll just give a really quick little example of how it felt to be at this tournament. On the very first day when we were there, we went to the ground, we did our inspections and we were excited to get our uniforms. We love it. We're like little kids. You get a new uniform, you want to try it on, you want to see how it looks with your pants and the jacket. And we were promised a couple of umpire shirts for matches. We were promised a travel shirt, which is standard. And because it was going to be so darn cold, we'd asked for jackets and they said they were going to get us jackets and caps. And we were excited to get all that. In all the time of this tournament, we got a single umpire match shirt. And that was it. And the first day we tried them on, all of the collars were at a sort of 30 degree cockeyed angle. And we spoke to the owner and we said, oh, well, we, well, maybe the next ones will look a little better. And he said, yeah, sure. I don't really notice. No one's going to notice. And so to me, it was like, this is a man and a tournament that was not interested in details. And it's the details that I think really brought this down. Administrative stuff that should be taken care of before we ever get there, before we're ever doing inspections or walking onto the ground and, and calling play for the first time that this tournament was interested in being a promotional vehicle for a couple of people or a group of people. And that seems to be it. And, and, and I don't want to speculate about everyone's motivations, right? Like I want to be factual about most of the stuff that happened. And 
factually, the owner of this tournament walked into the umpire's room on various occasions and tried to tell us how to do our jobs, tried to tell us that we should change the playing conditions to support what he thought should be done that day, that the calculations that are standard calculations that are done when it rains or when we need to delay a game based on playing conditions that he himself signed off on before the tournament and based around the broadcast schedule for the tournament, that those should just be adaptable on his whim and on his whim only and i as not the match referee and i as a guy who likes to chop it up with people if i think they're being unreasonable i walked out every time he would walk in to the room and one day he walked out of the room after screaming at somebody looked at me pointed his big finger in my face and said you need to be more reasonable and i said to him and i and I probably shouldn't have used this language, but I said, I think you need to shut up and let us do our jobs. He got in my face. He came right up to me and he used a an anti-gay slur that starts with an F and boys in locker rooms use it when they don't really know what they're saying. And he loudly screamed that at me three times in front of a dozen people. And I was just on this show. And we did 20 minutes on LGBTQ issues in cricket. And I don't think that he was targeting me. I don't think that he knows any of that. But it felt very pointed and it was really disgusting. And as an umpire, it's my job to then be neutral and to walk out and do my job 20 minutes later. And it was gross and it was uncalled for. And he attempted to kick me personally out of the tournament in on, on Christmas Day or the day after Christmas. I don't remember which day it was, but he personally wanted me to leave. And at some point later in the tournament, we called him into a meeting so that we could discuss the fees. And he agreed to that meeting with the entire PCT. He then walked into that meeting, saw me, and said, I'm not going to have that meeting with this guy in here. He's disrespectful to me. He needs to apologize to me because he doesn't know how to talk to people and has no ethics. This is the man who got USA Cricket and ICC sanctioning for his tournament. And I don't know how he did that, but I hope that those organizations those governing bodies who will have a stack full of reports from various international players, various domestic players, all of whom came up to me on the field and said, we know what's going on here and we're going to send a report in. And I said, do your thing. It's all being reported. It's all being documented. It's all being recorded. This will come after because there's nothing we can do in game or on the day to stop these things until it got to the point where because we were just not being compensated at all, we needed to enact that work stoppage. And so this was a really hard tournament for me emotionally, where the last tournament was really hard physically. We worked three games a day, but we did good work and we learned a lot. At this tournament, I made my TV umpire debut at this tournament, and I was really excited to have been in TV umpire training for the last more than a year 
and to be able to get that opportunity on this kind of global stage and all of that is going to go nowhere because the games have been taken off of YouTube and we don't even get to watch our own work back because for whatever reason, they've decided that the games don't get to be up anymore. So this was a tournament that we had a lot of not high hopes for because we were aware of a lot of the rumors coming into it as well, but we were hoping that we'd be able to show up and learn and be a positive influence on an event like this. And as the rules nerds that we are, do our full job to make it as integral, holding with integrity as possible. And at some point that just became impossible for us. Man, that's heavy. First off, sorry for that happening to you. That doesn't, you don't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. That's insane to think about. Is this something you've experienced before with any tournament or is this kind of a very unique experience in that way? No, this is a very unique experience. You hear stuff on the field. It's usually between players who think that they're having a joke, but to have it be directed at me in that way was quite upsetting and was not was not a good halfway point of the tournament, really. And it, like I said, it just kind of went down from there. And I've said on this show before, I think, maybe in not so many words, that I'm mostly a straight white dude. Like, I'm not oppressed, and I have been called that slur before in locker rooms when I was in high school. But to hear it coming out of the mouth of a man who portends to try to be pushing American cricket forward and wants to compete with some of the other professional tournaments that are out there at the same time as he is calling the curator lazy and saying that he doesn't want to do his job, that these sorts of things have cultural impacts, I know, and there are sort of racial motivations behind some of those things. And I understand that comes from a place of ignorance and anger, and I feel bad for everyone who had to participate in this tournament, who thought they were going to come and have a positive experience. And it doesn't seem like it was like that for anyone. Boy, you're not kidding. We have a very long list of problems with this. So we've talked about the shouting at the hotel. We talked about how you guys weren't paid what you're owed. I've been told by players that they, that some players have been approached for match fixing. We've seen some several oversteps that were very obvious, especially one particular over that featured several large oversteps. We've seen videos of that shared. Broadcasters not paid fully. We saw players refusing to take the field. We better suspended betting on whether or not one of the games would finish when it went from a 1 to 50 odds to 50, 15 to 1 odds very quickly on that. That's kind of crazy. I don't know a whole lot about betting, but I was told by a lot of people how the odds were changing suspiciously fast. And I, to USA Cricket's credit, I did email them and ask them if they wanted to make a comment. And I'm writing about this too. Uh, but they, their comment was, we are aware of the situation. Both USA Cricket and ICC are currently looking into this. We will act upon reviewing all the reports. Of course, we will strengthen our sanctioning policy as we learn. And then they thank me for reaching out. So that was very professional of USA Cricket. And I'm glad that they're aware and that they're 
on it on the case here, but I can't say. And I said on on Twitter, I I wasn't really surprised that this happened. Hearing about the things unfolding as the as it led up to to the league, we had broadcasters cancel on them. Uh, I, I've heard, I should say, I've heard that happened. I don't know for sure. And I'll also qualify everything I've said here. The fact that I don't really like Jay Mir <laughs> and I didn't like him before this tournament happened. I've had a couple of hours with him on Facebook a while ago, and they're not that meaningful in, in, in any sense to, to me, but just a couple of little arguments. Last year, we saw them promote this with some kind of, in my opinion, bad taste promotion strategy where they tried to drum up hype using like footage of t- military and things like that, which I think is just bad taste. But bad taste is one thing. Promotional strategies are one thing. And not paying people is a pretty big, egregious thing, if you ask me. It's a massive issue. It's just such a shame. We've seen that this is not the first time a police have been called by a <laughs> by an event organizer. We saw that happen in the U.S. Open in 2021, where the, you, where the organizers called the police on USA Cricket employees as... They were protesting some of the games being played because of COVID. Apparently, the COVID policies that they had on the ground weren't terrific. And then, obviously, immediately after that, we had the USA-Ireland series, which was abbreviated because everyone got COVID. Mm-hmm. So we have a history of these things happening. And that tournament is continuous, is con- continues to be sanctioned by USA Cricket, even after that happened, which I think I really strongly feel that shouldn't have been sanctioned again. But we have a situation where the board relies so heavily on sanctioning for their income. I would imagine you have to do something pretty bad. Probably this probably won't get sanctioned again. I can tell you that. What um what scares me most is that I got excited earlier in the year when the APL promoted that they wanted to start a professional women's competition. And I thought that was forward thinking of them. And I thought that, okay, that's great. We're going to try something new. I've been waiting for a couple of years um, for someone to do that on the professional franchise kind of level. And if it's going to be run like this, and there's going to be this amount of bullying of people uh, by the organizers, then I don't, I, I really wish that won't come to pass um, because I can't imagine that it would go smoothly. I can't imagine that it would uh, be acceptable to most of the women's players who come out of this country, most of whom are still under 21 and under 19. And I just can't imagine that would go smoothly. So we've had a couple conversations on here uh, about gender and sport and about what it would be like. And I know you guys are really invested in our young women uh, playing cricket and achieving in cricket and yeah I just hope that it won't come from here and maybe that's not right of me to say and maybe I'll get in trouble in my own circles because we as umpires like I said we're supposed to be neutral we're supposed to work for anybody and just make sure that the game has integrity but this is not the this is not the place for it yeah I don't no think there's an opportunity for this to get sanctioned Again, I think the response on social media has kind of just shown that too. People who don't even follow American Cricket, they just see this guy in the middle of a hotel yelling, screaming curses, trading curses. The video at the ground, that's the one I got sent this morning. When I saw that, I was like, holy smokes, this is because you heard all the rumbling. You didn't know if it was going to come to a head, but there's all this 
just listening from afar and different times in a way you can hear all the rumblings and then to wake up to it this morning almost so i thought it was, i thought i was dreaming to be honest with you because i had <laughs> just had a 16 hour day so i was like i was kind of in and out of it and to wake up to that was massively unbelievable and nate you said earlier we took so many steps forward this year major league cricket we thought was a step forward the uspl was a step forward and we thought okay we're gonna keep taking these steps forward get to 2024 on the right note and then to have this kind of just diminish almost what this year meant to american cricket it feels almost like a slap in the face and it feels there's, there's something like this every year which is probably the most disappointing part about all of this we have a bad recent history of December cricket in the USA. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but yeah, we haven't ended on very many good notes. Ended the year on very many good notes recently. But yeah, Amon, you're so heavily involved in the UNC productions of the, of the sports there at, at UNC. So you get to see what I imagine is probably a pretty smooth operation, right? Yeah, they're trying to teach you the right ways to do things. In your free time, <laughs> away from this pretty efficient machine of UNC uh, sports productions. You spend a lot of time in the cricket world, seeing this side, this side of the, the American cricket world. And that, that juxtaposition has to be pretty stark. Yeah, that that's one way to put it, because it, it's a machine, as you mentioned, over there at UNC with the ACC Network. You give your schedule for the month, a month in advance. They give you it. Three weeks in advance, you know what you're doing for the next month. And if they say you're doing it, you're doing it. And it's 75 games if it's on, if they call it a digital rate, if it's on ESPN or the ACC network, it's 100 bucks a game. And that's pretty straightforward. As, a, as That's the student rate, the student intern rate that they have going on there. So it's pretty stock standard. And I, I, you can basically count on what you're going to, you're going to have three or four events. And you would hope that cricket would someday in this country get to that level of, even if obviously tournaments come and go and wintertime is hard to play tournaments, but that when there is a tournament, you're going to have, you have a month at notice in advance. I was getting texts about to come to the APL two days into the tournament. They, they didn't have commentators two days into the tournament. And I got a text saying, Hey, uh, can you come down there? And I had already, I had a, UN, a couple UNC production jobs lined up. I said, you know what? I've already committed to that. I'm going to stay here because I they give me a month notice in advance versus <laughs> you're two days into your tournament and now you're asking me to to come down. And so that you meant there's just that stark difference. And until that kind of just from the top starts getting fixed, I think those are the things that hold cricket back the most. What so if we can play cricket, if we can put our cricket on YouTube, I think we have very good players very good umpires, very good people that can call games. And we have cricket fans in the United States. The problem is, and I think from the top, we all we don't always have the best people up there. And once I think we start getting, I think minor league and major league are a great example of when you have people at the top who are able to have the right intentions, you have a pretty darn good tournament. Major league was great. The three seasons of minor league happened pretty darn good. So when you have those people at the top, Tournaments seem to run well. We just need more of those people running the show. And, and Brian, it, 
one of the questions I see people ask is, why do umpires put up with it? Why do the players put up with it? Why does the broadcasters put up with it? Why does anybody put up with this? Why don't they just leave when you first got short shorted the amount that they owed you and you had to wait several days to get 20% instead of getting 50% on time? Why don't you just leave in that case? And that's an obvious question some people are going to have. But from your point of view, why doesn't that happen? I think it's a lot to do with what I've said already, where we want to be the ones who are upholding the integrity of the game. And we all come from, most of us come from American club cricket, where things are not very organized and you do get abused on the field. And it is our job to memorize a 600 page long book and implement the laws and the playing conditions of the game when we go out there. And that's what we want to focus on is going out there and making sure that the game itself has integrity and is played in the right way. We think of ourselves as those arbiters and as the go between management who has their own ideas and players who want to play in a certain way. So we go because we love the game. And honestly, in the U.S. at this point, we go because there aren't other options. I, there's no competition, right? The APL is running right now. It's not like there's a similar level tournament happening in L.A. at the same time, or you can't play in New York or New Jersey at this point in the year. So that's the game right now. And if we want to continue to advance our careers, we have to continue to show up for whoever is putting on a show. And we have to we are expected to be the best. We are expected to not get any decisions wrong. And if we get them wrong, we'll get abused for it. And in this tournament, we were not just getting our decisions on the field correct, because we literally had third umpires to check them a lot of the time, but our decisions off the field were also thrown deeply into questions by people who don't have the experience and don't have the know-how to run a tournament on this scale. So we show up to be the best. And when our integrity is thrown into question, it makes us question a lot what it is we're doing out there and where it is we're headed with this sport. So I've been a big old downer tonight. So I hope that whatever you guys have planned on the rest of the show tonight is like uplifting and fun and it is like good for the spirit of cricket because it's like you said, Nate, a sort of sad end to the year for us and for American cricket, who is expecting to host a World Cup in six months. We might just end the show with 12 minutes of Christmas songs in that case. <laughs> but Brian, I, yes, I get it that you guys have to have that integrity. People have to know that the, the link that's going to break isn't going to be the umpires. But at the same time, I definitely commend you guys for standing up and doing what you did. The time was right. Like you said, this is a two week long. You've been down there for two weeks, just about. It's a lot. It's a long time to be there with each other. And when you're staying in the same room with the same people every single day, riding to the games with the same people every single day, solidarity is a pretty easy thing at that point. And not only that, but I think one of the things that, that people miss about why you put up with this is because it's not just you that's getting screwed over. It's not just the umpires that are getting screwed over. It's usually the, everybody, the players, the broadcasters, and everybody's showing up to get this done in hopes that they that the thing goes off well and that they do get their payment eventually. You're not going to get it if you just leave. That's And, the, and not only will you not get it, but nobody else will get it either. I think everybody's worried about 
how it's going to affect everybody else if they pull out. And that's a fair thing to be concerned about. It just shows the humanity of the people involved. But at some point, something gives, something something has to. And uh, I think you did the right thing. Thanks for joining us, Brian. You've been on the show now twice. You're our first repeat repeat guest. It's basically now, this is your show too now. So you have to get... You have to get the the tattoo that Domin and I have for the beginnings tattoo, and that way, then you can join the club officially. That's great. That that can't be a good thing, though. I think if you've got the umpires on your show too often, then something must be going a little bit wrong. But our job mostly is to be out there and make the decisions as neutrally as possible, so that no one notices us. So I appreciate the the work that you guys have done, and I appreciate you giving me this platform to talk a little bit about what went on. The work that I do on TikTok and on Instagram and places like that is to humanize the work that umpires do because we're often treated like automatons who are just there to make the decisions and then go home and be forgotten about. So I appreciate the platform. I appreciate the time. And I know that you guys are going to keep doing amazing work on behalf of everybody in USA Cricket who just wants to see the game grow with integrity and have it be clean and have it be something that we want our kids to watch. And we want the world to come here and watch our world cup next year. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Brian. Thank you for taking time. And that was some eye opening stuff there from Brian. Once again, coming through with the goods and this huge, very controversial stuff. And he gave us a lot more information than we had going into this interview. You never know what you're going to get right out of someone who is coming right out of a situation. But Brian always seems to have this kind of touch of the way he says things. And yeah, maybe that's why he's such a good umpire. The phenomenon it's become on Twitter. You just scroll through Peter Delapena's page and there are hundreds of people just kind of baffled. And then some who are just like, this seems pretty stock standard which is unfortunate but this is going to be a big thing for usa cricket for a couple of years yeah it's going to resonate we're, we're going to be talking about it for a long time there's no doubt about that and also this kind of works towards our strategy to get vj malala on the program because if we keep getting brian on here to say controversial <laughs> things you know eventually vj will uh, wear down and join us <laughs> that'd be great to have vj on here we both he's worked a lot in north carolina and we both have plenty of conversations with him hey DJ, here's a formal invitation. Come on, hop on. Give us your thoughts on the on the take. I saw a message to, uh, from him about this event. Uh, somebody shared a uh, text message he had sent, and he was incredibly diplomatic about it. He was smooth, very smooth about this. He's a guy who's always trying to do things the right way, and we just want to say we appreciate VJ Malala. But yeah, let's yeah let's move on. A couple of things. First of all, Dane Pete got his test call up. For the upcoming series for South Africa, we got to give a shout out to our buddy Dane Pete there and congratulate him. He's he went down there with this plant, and I don't think nothing's ever certain. He still had to perform, and he did, and so he got his call up. So good for you, Dane. Yeah, I remember picking him up from the airport when he got back to North Carolina. It was kind of a last minute thing; a bunch of people weren't in town, so he just he knew I was close by. Picked him up, and he was talking to me about it, and said, "Yep, we're going to New Zealand." new year holy crap like that that's so cool to think about this is a guy who obviously has played test cricket before but someone that we've come be, have become really good friends with literally lives maybe five minutes from me played at church street park captured the morsel raptors and i was going to go to new zealand play test cricket i don't think it gets much better than that so congratulations dane no it's pretty cool when like your neighbors is a test cricketer but yeah <laughs> 
we'll wait and see how he's qualified if he, if he qualifies as a domestic still. We know what the qualification rules are that you have to be retired from your home nation. You have to be working towards USA eligibility. So technically, according to the rules, according to the rules as they're written, he can retire again from South Africa and work towards his... There's a big loophole right there. I'm sure MLC is eager to close that loophole. And, you know, now that they have an example to point to, but we want Dane to be involved in cricket in the USA. Of course we do. Um, but we also want the rules to make sense. So that's a, uh, it's kind of a, a rough spot right there, but yeah, in the meantime, we want to see Dane perform well in test cricket. How about a fifer? Can we just get a fifer here? And Dane P gets a fifer. I think the whole beginnings group chat is going to go insane. I might be starting to run in the street. If Dane P gets a fifer, it would be like the Patriots won the Super Bowl back in 2014 for the first time that I saw it. It would be just like that, where I just ran around the house screaming that that's going to be the case. So I apologize to all the neighbors when inevitably Dane P gets himself that five. We got to get him a T-shirt tear underneath of his, you know, something to wear underneath of his shirt when he's out on the field that he can pull up. It'll say big innings on it. Boom. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> when he does his celebration for his fifth wicket, he fifth pulls wicket. that shirt up. Just Perfect. like Iron Man. Got to do that. Just like the <laughs> just Iron Man. Like Iron. Hey, forget <laughs> the big red S, all right? Superman wears big innings on his chest. That's all it is. There it is. That's right. We, we got to get that one going. So moving on from that, the USA U19 team announcement has taken place for, the, for their World Cup, for the U19 World Cup. We've got 15 players included this time around as the ICC allows 15 to travel. And we also have some reserves listed. One of those reserves is a local fella. Anch Rai, a local kid here in in the Raptors camp. So congrats on him. Now, interesting thing. Congrats to everybody, by the way. Everybody who's been named on this team, all fifteen players plus the two, was it two or three reserves? Congrats to everybody. Uh, but at the same time, and this is once again, we're going right to Peter. We're going right to Peter Delapena, who was right. He was sharp. He was right on it immediately after this was announced. He talked about Arjun Mahesh being dropped from the team. And Arjun was the third leading run scorer in the qualifier, batted very well against spin, played in the field very well, according to Peter. He's got him ranked as the top fielder in the, in the team. Now, we didn't get to see any of the games in the qualifier. We'll take Peter's word for it. And that's a pretty, pretty surprising omission. Yeah, you go and go play World Cup and you think your third leading run scorer is going to be on the team. Now, we don't know if there was an injury or if there's like a school conflict or something like that, these kids are high school kids mostly. So you never know if that's kind of a possibility, but I can't imagine if you are Jim Mahish that missing maybe a month of school is going to stop you from going to the under 19 world cup. So it is a curious decision. I'm I'm curious to see or if we'll ever really have an explanation for it because you don't, like you said, you don't just drop the third highest run score. It's like if, um, South Africa were to have just dropped Heinrich Clausen uh, going in an ODI, or Australia drop Usman Kawaja, you know, going into the test series. It just wouldn't really make sense um, for that to happen. So I- I'm curious to see that decision. I have no doubt that the guys there are going to do the best they can, and I'm I'm super excited for everyone who's going to get a chance to go down there. But I think it would have been cool to see Arjun there, a little bit of spin on offer down there. He might be able to take advantage of that. I think it is going to be a miss for the under 19 side. Yeah, it's pretty pretty surprising selection right there. There, the team was announced very late, if you ask me, and the timing of it there, right around Christmas time, uh, announcing that team. Yeah, I just 
I don't know. I don't I don't really like that omission. I don't usually comment tremendously on the selection of the teams too much. Well, I don't know. That might not even be true. Maybe I do comment on it a lot. Like I was a little I mean, bit the other shocked. nineteen teams we don't the other nineteen team is one that we are we're happy for all the kids that get selected. It's a great opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're happy for them. And this is what minor league cricket, this is one of the great things that we love about minor league cricket is those youngsters a chance, or it's supposed to give those youngsters a chance. But yeah, he, he performed well in one of the games against Canada, performed against everybody pretty much. It's just a really big surprise to me that, that somebody who, not just one of your, not, not just your leading scorer, but somebody that you batted in pretty critical situations. There's a couple of guys that are not on the side that you're like, they, you feel like they would have enhanced it, right? Even Rishi Pandey, we talked about the first time. He yeah. had to choose between minor league and some selection trials and went to those selection trials thinking it would you know boost his opportunity to get to this team and you know didn't get to this team. And then again, you mentioned Arjun Mahesh. He, he, okay, Rishi Pandey, you didn't select him in the first place. There's something you don't think collects with Rishi Pandey. We can disagree on that. But Arjun Mahesh scored for you in critical moments as you mentioned in pressure moments so those are just curious decisions then again i don't think we'll ever really get the answer to it hopefully it's not like an injury thing but again just it's just curious some of the decisions that are made and and speaking of we got we've got the nationals coming and we're hoping that selection there is nice and fair I, we did not like that policy with the u19 that Players had to miss their minor league games, especially players that were getting, like Rishi, who was getting very good playing time on his team in Atlanta. For him to ha have to attend these trials while he's in the middle of scoring for his minor league team against the best players in the USA, that that's a little absurd. Let's hope we don't. Let's hope everything goes well with the selection for the men's team coming up, as we we know they're going to have trials in the next month or two. We're hoping we've got players that are not going to be in the country. We have players that will be playing in the ILT20. We have a couple, three of them that will be playing the ILT20. Yeah. we got a player currently in the BBL with Corey, and Corey's in the ILT20 also. And then you've got Nosh Kenjage. Robin and Wilson. Then, yeah. Yeah, and, and Sorab as well, right? Yep, those got those four will be at the ILT20. So, again, like those are four of the players who had an outstanding major league really good minor leagues as well. So I'd be curious to see, because if those four don't get selected, then it kind of just goes to show that you had to be at that event, which me and you both don't like. And yeah. if that's the case, then I, I think USA cricket is going to suffer. Because if you miss out, Anash Genjige, for example, people who are just starting to tune into USA cricket might have just tuned into major league for a season, saying, oh, well, this guy's got to be a national team player, right? Corey yeah, Anderson right. looks to be betting you know, some of the be in, in his best form since maybe he's come to the USA. Sure. Mohamed Mosin, a leg spinner. You can always need a, a good leg spinner in a T20 competition. Speaking of a leg spinner, saw Zia Shasad posting on Instagram that he's getting ready for those zonals and nationals coming up. So that's always exciting. But again, I think we're going to see kind of what USA Cricket is, their benchmark is for selecting these players and what they take into their criteria. Because I think there's certain players that me and you've talked about that kind of are shoe-ins if you're taking what we've seen in the past three years from T20 cricket as a whole, whether that's minor yeah. league and major league in these competitions. And there's the way the team has been formed for the, for the past couple of years when they play T20 cricket. So I'm just, I'm curious to see what the selectors are really going to take into account. Yeah, me too. And I don't mind a player like Mosa not being involved in the nationals in the T20 national championships because he's not eligible yet. But we're going to find out what the eligibility requirements are for the national as well uh, in the upcoming uh, months. 
but yeah, it's a tricky, a tricky topic. I think anybody who's eligible this year, not just for the, not just for the World Cup, but for the rest of the year in general, we've got other cricket coming up this year too. Other international cricket coming up this year too. Anybody who's eligible this year, I think, should be in that nationals. Or if you're going to have this T20 nationals once every two years then anybody who's eligible in the next two years to me should be in this Nationals. You should be looking at players for years to come too. Yes, of course, I understand if you don't do it this time because you got to get a good look at at your, sorry, your potential World Cup team. We haven't played any T20 cricket internationally for a long time. We don't have any games scheduled that they've announced yet to prep in the meantime. In the meantime, you're hearing, in the meantime, you're hearing about players who are, playing against ILT 2020 team to prepare or who will be playing against ILT 20 teams, associate teams that are, that will be doing this to prepare for the world cup. You're hearing about all the preparations by these, by Netherlands, by Namibia, and they play tons of cricket, T20 cricket, international cricket in Africa. Uganda's going to play a bunch of cricket in the meantime. Where's ours? Where don't we have any of these announced yet? And, to me, this is something we can't miss. We cannot mess up on this opportunity. We cannot come out of this World Cup as the worst associate team in the World Cup. Yeah. We cannot do that. That's inexcusable. That is just inexcusable. We cannot afford for to do that. We have a tremendous professional league here now with Major League Cricket. We've got Minor League Cricket, which is very good. All of these things deserve to be represented well on the international stage. And, and of course, our own cricketers, more than anything, deserve this a good representation. They deserve these opportunities that a World Cup would provide for them, uh, professionally speaking, as earners, as workers. Yeah, I'm, again, there's a lot riding on this World Cup, and we've talked about it with plenty of the guests that we've had on this podcast, whether that's like for the associate cricket scene as a whole, where it's you don't want – if every associate team goes and gets rolled, we've got an issue. I don't see that happening, but this is a chance for associate cricket and maybe lower-level – member nations to say hey look we're we can compete and schedule games with us because we can we can give you a run for your money and then for the usa side of things you're a co-host you have three stadiums that you're gonna have i'm excited to see what new york's gonna bring because they've confirmed pakistan and india are gonna play in new york which the novelty of it sounds great i want to see the execution of that but you're a co-host you just had major league cricket kick off this is a precursor to Major League Cricket Season 2, which is kicking off on July 4th, which will include a lot of international players. And you're going to set yourself up here with a lot of these domestics now. Like you mentioned, these guys now have opportunities. Major League, then go play the ILT 20 or go play these different tournaments around the world. They'll have different opportunities like that based on World Cup performances. These, This is really the biggest stage that our national team has really ever been on. And so we you don't want to mess that up right you have an opportunity don't blow it that's kind of the thing in sports whenever you get your opportunity be ready for it take advantage of it and it doesn't seem like we have had the prep in terms of international matches with a cohesive unit and again if the selection favors a certain thing we could be in real trouble and you don't want to come out as the worst associate in this competition but i have have a strange feeling if some things don't change that it, we're not going to be far from the bottom. Yeah, unfortunately. Let's see. We believe in our players. We believe in the team, the yeah, last 20 team we've had. We we believe in the players that, that, that are there knocking on the door. There's a bunch of good ones, too. And let's use all these things to make the, the whole overall product better. 
people players should feel the heat of other players yeah. nipping at their toes it's going to make them better this is what or it's going to at least get them used to the heat of people nipping on your toes which you have to be used to and so we, we could beat this point to death but we need more 20 games come on usa cricketing committee let's get some games scheduled here uh, here for the usa men's team but moving on and kind of speaking about the world cup here uh, we've got Adam Gilchrist who shared a John Boy tweet. He retweeted Adam Gilchrist has nearly a million followers here, here, and we all know who he is, a very popular cricket person. But yeah, Gilly shared this John Boy tweet, and he said, "quote It's a John Boy breakdown where the the video is called Pat Cummins sets field perfectly to bait Rizwan a break breakdown." Adam Adam Gilchrist shares this and says, "I try not to swear on this platform." But F me, this is so awesome. I reckon you should join us <laughs> in Fox Cricket Com sometime, John Boy. And then a little clapping emoji with a little fox. And Jimmy, of course, retweeted this. He was pretty excited. He said, shoot, thank you. Even more reason to convince my wife to go to Australia soon. I am certain Jimmy even tw- tweeted out a while back about the New York-Pakistan-India matchup that is inevitable. He said, should that be his first cricket game that he sees in person? So we count on Jimmy being there at that World Cup game, can they get him on commentary there? Wouldn't that be something special to get John Boy, to get Jimmy on commentary with Adam Gilchrist or with somebody like like him, maybe with with Nasser or something? It, it would blow so many people's minds and it would expose so many people to the genius of John Boy and it, it would expose so many Americans to the genius of cricket. No, I think it'd be great, whether it's like in a commentary setting or maybe like a studio setting where they're like breaking down games or like sure. talking about pivotal moments. He does that so well anyway. Why not stick him in there with, with maybe a Ravi Shastri's in there or Adam Gilchrist is there with the big screen and Jimmy's breaking it down and then Adam Gilchrist is talking back and forth with him. They're chopping it up. I think that'd be unbelievable. Any way we can get John Boy involved is good for – American cricket, and I think it's good for cricket in general because he has such an innate ability to relate to the American audience because he is that American audience. And if you're in the United States, you realize that fact that you have someone who has a platform and B knows what he's talking about and C can relay information in a way that is still – it's still cricket. When you watch it, as someone who's watched cricket my entire life, he's not dumbing it down almost. You know what I mean? He's still using – he's going from slip to cover. He's he's going to hit square. That's what this means. This means square. But he explains in such a way where, again, it's a mark of kind of great commentators as well, where he's explaining it to you, but doesn't feel like he's talking down to you. And I think that's why the there's so many people that resonate with the videos that he puts out there, and they're great to watch. I would love for him to be involved in some capacity. If it's not on comms, I think a studio show would fit him fantastically well. And I think he'd shine no matter what. And again, I think you'd introduce a whole new world to John Boy and you'd introduce American cricket to a whole new world as well. Nasser Hussain does the same thing. He breaks things down to you in such a very good way, in such an informative way, and he's not talking down to you at all. He's informing you and he's doing it in a super interesting way, very insightful way. He, You can see why he was a good captain. And I think maybe the two of them together would be a great little combination to watch. But yeah, I'm stoked, man. I can't wait for the ball and play league and that we're doing up there in New Jersey in March. And I think I'm going to wear a protective cup this time just to, just to help myself. But, but yeah, it's it's great to see him him getting recognition. Now, the funny thing is, is I've heard about John Boy from more 
cr- cricket people who want the game to seem to spread than anybody else outside of cricket. Anytime I'm, I talk to someone for the first time about cricket and they're, you know, they're in, they're involved in cricket around the world. You know, if they're English or Australian or something, and they like the fact that I'm an American that does cricket stuff, they'll talk to me and they'll be like, Oh, you know, what would be something would be to get John boy into cricket. And this is what I've been hearing for years. I even got into cricket is I would hear that from people and I couldn't agree more with them. And so it's great to see that ha- him getting the recognition in the cricketing world because he has brought so many Americans. He's brought cricket in front of so many Americans already. You know, many of his breakdowns get three quarters of a million views and those are American baseball fans. So that's, it's excellent. So anytime, anything we can do to get him more involved, I'm all for it. No, hundred percent. Again, anytime you get someone who's passionate about the game, doing it for the right reasons and does it well, it's a no brain. And again, yeah. If you're gonna play India, Pakistan, and New York, John Boy's warehouse is right there. Hit him up, get him down the road, and and make it happen. Because as you mentioned, there's people who you wouldn't even think would recognize John Boy Media, recognize in the cricketing world. They know him. They know all the breakdowns, and they understand his value. I think the whole world's kind of understanding his value. And if Adam Gilchrist has seen it, I guarantee you the entire Fox Sports team has seen it. And if the oh. entire Fox Sports team has seen it, that means that he's on so- their radar, which is a really cool thought to think about. So cool, man. I love it. So we've talked a while tonight. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> I'm, it's going to take me a while to cut this one up, but I've got to get this out. People need to hear this stuff. It's a hot topic right now, and people want to hear about it, and they should hear about it. So let's get this thing. Let me get. And also, I want to get this out before the next crazy thing happens, because I don't want to <laughs> be behind. <laughs> In American cricket, you never know. It, it, it can always follow. Hopefully, nothing beats this in at least 2023. I think that's a good goal to have. <laughs> that in the next two days, in the next day, we don't have something that beats what the American Premier League just did and the phenomenon that just exploded onto Twitter. <laughs> Man, that would be something. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed for that we can get through the rest of 2023 peacefully.